Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. What a great blessing from the Lord for us to enter into a new year. I believe that God didn't just sustain us so we can just celebrate, but he sustained us so that we can be who he called us to be and do what he called us to do in this dark age that we are now living. He said, you are the light of the world. Today's message is going to encourage you to be who God called you to be. Now listen closely and stay tuned after the message today. And I'm going to tell you where we're going to gather together with men from all over the city to come and pray for our families, for our countries, for our communities. So come and go with us now as we continue to walk in the light of God's word. How many of you, like me, have ever looked at another believer and recognized that God was really using their life, and then you wondered whether God would ever use you in some significant way? I remember being in a place as a relatively new believer and thinking, well, why does God not use me? I want to share with you today that God has a desire to use every person that has come to Jesus Christ in a significant way. I will share with you that God has already worked you into his plan to make a difference in the world. He's already worked you in there. And I want to share with you from the book of Matthew, beginning at chapter 5, verse 1, And it reads this way. Now when he saw the crowds, that's Jesus, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying. Now I want you to notice that there was was a crowd in the picture. And then there were disciples. Come on, say crowd say disciples. So when he saw the crowd, he separated himself and got with his disciples and began to teach them. And what he's about to tell them and what I'm about to tell you is not for the crowd. It is only for those who are disciples. See, there are some things that uh, when we talk about doing the things of God, the crowd can't do. Only those who are followers of Jesus Christ who belong to him can do the things that Jesus is going to be talking about. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, well, let me put it this way. If you're saved and you have come to salvation in Jesus Christ by inviting him to be your Lord and your Savior, and you know he's the Lord of your life, and you know he delivered you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light, you are not part of the crowd. You are his disciple. And there are things that only disciples can do. We got quiet on that. It's not going to be hard. But there are things that only disciples can do, and you have to look at yourself as a disciple. I follow the Lord. See, the crowd cannot do what Jesus is going to teach in this passage. And I believe every person who belongs to Jesus Christ has a calling and an assignment. 
Every person that belongs to Jesus Christ has a calling and an assignment. I don't know how we ever got to the place in our Christian walk where we believe that only the, the preacher got a calling. Remember, I've just been called to preach or I've been called to pastor and then the members weren't called to anything, it seems. So we just kind of just went along uh, with the program and, and just tried to make it work. But you are called. When Jesus began his ministry, one of the first things he says, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. You remember him saying that? What he means is there's a whole new system and way of doing things since I showed up on the scene. It's going to be a whole different way of living, a different way of functioning, and you're going to function by the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the world. The first thing he did, he selected some men to be followers of him full time. We call these men disciples. These men may not have thought much of themselves, but Jesus saw the ability in them to change the world. These men were, were fishermen. They were unlearned, uneducated. They weren't the, 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 the religious leaders. They weren't those who had gone to the seminaries, if you will, and studied the Word of God. They weren't those who were the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were ordinary people out in the street. He went in the hood and he said, I want you, come on, follow me. I want you, come on, come on, come on, follow me. Hey, you, what you doing, fishing? Come on, come on, follow me. What you doing, sitting under the tree over there? Hey, come on, come on, follow me. You, me? Yeah, yeah, you, come on, follow me. Me? Yeah, you, come on. They didn't think, well, you know, I know who I am and I'm going to be with him. They were like, well, what does he want with me? And what can I do? And there he tells them in, in chapter 5 how they are to think and how they are to be productive in the kingdom of God. And this whole passage that begins in chapter 5 and go all the way through chapter 7, we call the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, he begins by telling them, he says, okay, I'm talking to my disciples. I'm not talking to the crowd. I'm going to tell you the way you ought to think and the attitudes you ought to have. And we call those the be attitudes. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers and those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and fly on you. You blessed. And they were like, well, what did we sign up for? You don't think of yourself being blessed when somebody's persecuting you or lying on you or whatever. But Jesus said, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. He started off telling them, this is how you are to think. That's why he's not talking to the crowd because the crowd's not going to get this. In fact, his disciples didn't even get it at the beginning. They were just looking at him like a calf looking at a new gate. Like, Who are you talking to? And some of us, when the Lord began to speak to us about how we need to change things in our lives, we do the same thing. Well, who are you talking to? That ain't me. You want me to do what? 
You want me to be kind to those that mistreat me? Is that what you want me to do? Jesus said, yeah. And then when you go to the rest of the book, that's when he started talking about Scripture says, or the Word says, or you've heard it said, that if you commit adultery with the woman and what have you, but he says, if you think about it, I'm taking it to another level. If you're thinking about killing somebody, you might as well just go and kill them in this new arrangement of the kingdom of God because you committed murder in your heart. He talked about going and sucking mile. If, if you're going to walk with them one mile, walk with them two. He talked about how to give, how to fast, how to pray. He talked about not worrying and having anxiety. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He gave them the whole full story of how you're going to function in this kingdom. What would you be thinking if you just came off the street and he said, this is how you're going to operate from now on. So after these Beatitudes... I can imagine them sitting there listening to Jesus and wondering, was he talking about them? Are you talking about us? And then Jesus goes right into the next thought. As soon as he tells them about the attitudes they ought to have, he got into chapter 5, verse 14, and he said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise, or the King James says, glorify your Father in heaven. So I want to emphasize something that Jesus was emphasizing, and I want us to really get this because it's life-changing to understand and to operate like he wants us to operate. The subject of this passage is you. You. It is clear who he is talking to. He's talking to his disciples. This is the most important point he is making. He says, I'm talking and I'm looking at you. You are the light of the world. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend that he's talking to us when he makes a statement like this. How can I be the light of the world? I'm sure his disciples had the same question. You talking to me? Yeah, yeah, you. You are the light of the world. You know, God always tends to tell us who we are before we become that. Just look at the scriptures. When Moses was born, you are the deliverer of my people. Isaiah, I mean Abraham. You're the father of many nations. He didn't have any children. Look at the stars. That's the way your children are going to be. Your offspring is going to be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. And then named him Abraham, the father of many. So when he went around and people say, what's your name? I'm the father of many. How many children do you have? None. Jesus is calling you and telling you who you are before you even can 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 accept who you are. He said, you're the light of the world. You may not feel like it. You may not think like it. You may not look like it, but that's who you are. You are the light of the world. And if you never, ever can believe and function, you will never function as the light if you don't believe you are the light. So before you leave here today, if, there, if you believe nothing else, I want you to walk out of here saying, you know, I am the light of the world. 
He hardly knows me. The, the disciples say, you don't even know me. You just met me day before yesterday. I just start following you. You don't know my past. You don't know what I did. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what I'm thinking. And you're saying, I'm the light. Yep, you're the light. In the same way with us. You may be saying, how can I be the light of the world, Pastor? You don't even know what I'm going through. He didn't ask you what you was going through. He just told you what you are. And he knew you was going to be going through that when he called you that. He said, you're still the light. His disciples must have said he's talking about somebody else. And I'm here today to tell you that God did not make a mistake. Did he make a mistake when he, when he saved you? Well, the scriptures say he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today as I've been sharing a message that Jesus gave to his disciples about being the light of the world. Jesus also gave them messages in that same book about how to pray. Speaking of prayer, we're going to begin this year with a dynamic prayer meeting for men. Women, if you're listening to me, help me out with this. Share with your husband, your son, your father, your brother, your uncle, your nephew, your grandfather, your grandson to come and be with us this Friday, January the 5th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Greater Love Mission Church of God in Christ at 8410 Lay Road. Get a pencil. We're going to repeat that again before we finish. But I want you to know that men are going to come together from a lot of different churches. A lot of different pastors are going to be there from our Impact Pastors group. We're going to come together with one goal in mind. We're going to get on our face before the Lord and we're going to call upon him to do something significant and great this year in our homes, in our families, in our community, in our country, and even in the world. Don't miss this time. That's going to be Friday this week. January the 5th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Greater Love Mission Church of God in Christ, 8410 Lay Road. All of you men come together from different denominations, wherever you are, come. We're going to be with one accord in the power of prayer that we can take the opportunity in a new year to get a new start and become a new man that Christ wants to use in this day and in this hour. Again, that's this Friday, January 5th at 7 o'clock p.m. at Greater Love Mission Church of God in Christ, 8410 Lay Road. Join other men and meet us there. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.